Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. I am so glad again to be back in God's house today. We've been going through Next Level Living. The theme for for our church this year, uh, for 2023, is Next Level Living. And you might say, well, what is Next Level Living? What are you talking about? I'm here for the very first time. But what we've been going through, we've had several different topics under this series. We've talked about Next Level Compassion. We've talked about Next Level Contentment, Next Level Vision, Next Level Commitment, And it's about doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow in your Christian life, in your walk with God. Um, We're going to be talking about relationships in the future and and things like that and marriage and raising kids and and faith and all these different topics under this series for the year. And the truth is, if if you can solely focus and rest in the grace of Jesus Christ, all those things that you're concerned about, you know, measuring up in, you know, I want to be a good dad or a good mom, I want to be a good spouse, I, I want to have more of this, I want to do, listen, if you can rest in Jesus Christ, he gives the grace and the strength for everything else, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, yes, that means he'll provide for us, but he gives us everything we need for every situation, so our focus for this series in every topic is about leaning on Jesus Christ. Not filling out a checklist, not making sure that we look the par and look really great and look like a good Christian, but no, that we're following Jesus Christ. That's the goal of this series. So doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. That does mean often we're going to have to make some changes. That does mean that often we're going to have to make some adjustments in our spirits and in our lives. And we're going to talk about that today. And today's next level topic is so vitally important. It's something that is lacking in our churches all over the world. It's lacking oftentimes in our families and in our personal lives. It's lacking so often and we don't even realize it. We don't even get it. The lack of this topic we're going to be talking about today, it shows itself in our responses, in our reactions uh, to the trials of life and really just everyday circumstances. How we respond to these everyday situations in life shows the lack of what we're going to be talking about today. And what we're talking about is next level faith. Next level faith. This could be a a sermon that goes on for the next few weeks talking about having next level faith. We're going to start with today and see where it takes us. And to really look at next level faith and what it takes to have next level faith in Jesus Christ for our lives, for our everyday lives, we have to look at the flip side of it. Uh, when you live with faith, when you, when you don't live with faith, when you don't live with next level faith, and really what are you living with, and what that flip side, that enemy of faith is, it's, it's affected every single person in some way at some time. This enemy of faith uh, can, can haunt you, can affect you no matter your age, or where you came from, or where you live, or your upbringing, it, it, nothing, it affects every one of us. It can be a child, a uh, child when his parent switches off the light in his bedroom and it gets dark. It could be an old man at the doctor's office at an appointment wondering what the news is going to be. It could be a, a, a sports uh, football player in his senior year of high school wondering what his future holds. It could be a newly married couple uh, trying to start a family or, or a missionary overseas trying to serve God. It could be a CEO of the largest company you can think of. It, it's me, a pastor, a husband, a, a special needs father. What is this unseen enemy of faith? 
this invisible weapon that haunts every single one of us and in some cases enslaves us and freezes our progress, what is this enemy of faith? And it's, it's fear. It's fear. One of Satan's, the enemy's greatest tools in our lives is fear. Fear is natural for us. Fear is easy for us. It's very common in today's world. I mean, in some ways, sometimes people invite fear into our lives. I mean, the horror movie industry, people love horror scary movies and things like that, man. And that is meant to freak you out, you know, and jump scares. My kids have been saying jump scares and things like that. We invite fear in this kind of, but listen, fear of a scary movie is a whole lot different than fear of your marriage falling apart or fear of your kids making the right choices. Listen, I would be afraid to jump uh, uh, you know, bun- go bungee jumping, that would freak me out. But fear of jumping out of a plane, uh, going parachuting or whatever, is a whole lot different than the fear of your spouse finding out about secrets that you have that, you, that she doesn't know about or he doesn't know about. Fear of skydiving is a whole lot different than fear of you know, your bills not getting paid and you not being able to, to do what you need to do to take care of your family. Fear cripples us. Every one of us oftentimes. Fear hinders our progress. It slows us down. And when fear enters our hearts and minds, it begins to control every action, every, our every thought, our every attitude. Because we fear the future, we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know uh, if, if everything's going to come together like it needs to. Because we fear the future, oftentimes people will work like crazy to save money, and in that they miss out on the blessings that God has for us, and in turn focus more on our financial status and making sure there's money in the savings account than in our testimony for Jesus Christ. Because of fear of the future. I've got to make sure we have everything. We miss out on the miracles of God and the blessings He has for us in the moment. Because Sometimes people fear their secrets getting out. I don't want people to know about this. I'm going to take this to my grave. Because we fear our secrets getting out, we formulate a persona that we think everyone will like, and we stress out trying to keep up with this lie that we create of being somebody that we're really not, when in reality, if those secrets, it is those secrets getting out and coming into the light that would finally give you the freedom over your guilt and your shame, which in turn allows you to share and receive the grace of Jesus Christ. The enemy's a liar, and he puts these fear in our lives. If, if, if they only knew who I really was, if they only knew the kind of person that I actually was, man, no one would love me, no one would care about me. Man, uh, uh, and the shame eats away at us when it, if we just brought that darkness into the light of Jesus Christ and his grace. We sang about today, freedom. We get freedom. We find freedom in Jesus Christ. Because we fear that we'll never measure up, we'll never be good enough, we do our best to prove ourselves to others. We try to counter that fear uh, with our own talents and abilities and efforts, which in turn always leads to heavier insecurity when we don't feel noticed or appreciated, and it leads us to discouragement. You say, well, how do you know all this? Because this this is the life I lived, and I still have to fight against these fears of trying to measure up. Because we fear being hurt again, we set up walls around our heart and let no one in. No one is allowed. I don't, I don't, want, I don't need anyone's love. I don't want anyone's love because I'm t- I don't want to get hurt again. I'm not going to ever let anyone in again because I'm tired of getting hurt. I'm tired of getting abandoned. Fear comes when we forget who God is. Man, fear is destructive in our lives. It's destructive. Moses... And the Old Testament was fearful to go before Pharaoh even after God 
called him and showed him his power. Gideon in the Old Testament was fearful to go against the Midianites, even after God chose him specifically to lead his people into battle. Joshua was nervous to lead Israel across the Jordan to the promised land. The Israelites were scared to even go into Canaan because of the the Amorites and the enemy. The soldiers in the Valley of Elah, when God was going to give them victory, they stayed in their tents instead of trusting God and facing Goliath. Remember Peter? We talked about Peter in the Gospel of John. Peter denied Jesus Christ. One of his top followers denied Jesus Christ three times because of fear. Fear cripples us. It hinders us. It makes us do things we never thought we would do. Bless you, baby boy. (laughs) Bless that precious baby. I love it. Scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Be careful or anxious for nothing. That's a lot to ask, right? Don't be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding... Does it make sense? How can you have peace in a time like that? How can you have peace when you're going through that? How can you? The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. What? Through Jesus Christ. It is he who gives the peace. You see, if we remember who God is, if we remember who God really is, he's our father, our heavenly father who's never failed us. If we remember who God is and remember that because of Jesus, we have access to the power. Because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection, the, we sang it, the veil was torn. Listen, we can enter that Holy of Holies and we can talk to God the Father because of what Jesus did for us. If we remember those truths and believe those truths, when those moments come into our lives that would usually cause fear, we instead rest in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel and the relationship we have have with God through him, that is next level faith. That when those situations come, I'm not saying that we're always going to have these lives of just this gospel courage. If I, can, I understand that fear is going to enter, but if we can begin strengthening that muscle of next level faith, that in those times when fear enters in, we can catch it. The Holy Spirit will remind us, hey, that's not for me. That thought is not for me, Donald. We can counter it with next level faith. Fear is a lot of things. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. It says you have no hope. It says no one will forgive you for that. It screams you'll never be good enough. That's what fear does. And next level faith in Jesus kills that fear with his voice of peace that says, you know, you have no hope. Well, I am your hope, Jesus says. No one will forgive you. And Jesus says, well, I forgive you. I died for you. I died for your sins. You say, I'll never be good enough. And he says, you have my righteousness. Fear is a liar. Fear tricks you. It tricks you into thinking that things are often worse than they actually are. You look around at your situation and you really start to believe that there's just no way out. There's no hope. I have been there in the last year trying to find that house. Trying to, I'm like, man, I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to rest in Christ. I'm trying to believe that He's got a place for us, but nothing is working out. And I'm thinking, man, what what is going on? And and fear brings doubt. And then you're like, oh my goodness, what what am I doing? Was I even supposed to move? And you start thinking all these crazy. And fear tricks you. Worst case scenarios begin flowing through your mind, constantly bringing feelings of hopelessness into your soul. And that's not of God. That's not the spirit of God. That's fear. It's the enemy. Fear tricks you. Fear also robs you. It robs you of the peace you can have in Christ. 
It robs you of the joy that Jesus brings in any situation. In any situation, you can have joy. And fear robs you of that. It robs you of the opportunity to give him glory. It robs you of the relationships in your life that God has placed to help you grow, to show you love that you never had before. And fear causes us to put up those walls. And the grace of Christ allows us to let people in again, to let him in first and, and receive his grace and receive his love and his acceptance. And then we realize, hey, you know what? There are people in my life that love me, that care about me, that God has placed in my life. Fear robs us, though. It brings doubt. You begin to doubt God if he's real. If he's real, how could he let this happen to me? That's what fear does to us. It's the opposite of faith. You doubt his care. You doubt his love. You doubt his providence. You doubt his will. You try to formulate and figure out your own plans because obviously man, God's not really giving many answers. You try to figure it out and you follow your own ambitions. And fear brings pride. It is pride. Not in a boastful way, like I'm the best, but in a way that is focused on yourself. Fear does that. It's all about me. And you take your eyes off the only one who can rescue you. And you look around at the storm that you're in and the trial that you're in. And the wind and the waves like Peter did as he was walking on the water. You forget that you're walking on water. Peter did that. He's literally walking on water to Jesus Christ. We saw that in the Gospels. And then the wind and the waves freak him out and he begins to sink. In us, in our lives, we have seen the grace of God. We've seen the goodness of God. We've seen the miracles of God. And yet, when a trial comes in, when a problem comes in, when a struggle comes in or a temptation comes in, man, we look around and we feel overwhelmed by it and forget that we're walking on water. We're walking in the grace of Jesus Christ. Man, fear is destructive, isn't it? It is. I know I talk a lot about Seth. I feel like he's like my main illustration sometimes. Um, but God has taught us so much through Seth. So that's just is what it is. So much and so much more as each year goes by. This picture's from a few years ago. Um, we took some family portraits. And he's already got no shoes on, which was totally fine. I love it. He doesn't fit in that shirt anymore um, at all. And, uh, but we were walking on that rock wall. And um, one of the... And every, every child with special needs and autism is different. But one of the main attributes of a child with autism often is there's no sense of fear. And maybe there's a fancy word for it, I don't know, but there's no sense of fear. Nothing really freaks them out. Um, Seth could walk out, and he used to walk out the front door. He doesn't do it as much anymore, thankfully. But he could walk out the front door without us and walk into the woods and walk around in the middle of the night, and he wouldn't be freaked out. I would be freaked out if I was in the middle of the woods alone in the middle of the night. I'd be freaked out, man. Okay, I grew up during like the Blair Witch Project stuff, man. That freaks me out still, you know? My goodness gracious. No, but he, that wouldn't freak him out at all. He would be like totally chill. There, a stinking bear could walk up to him, and he would probably like try to pet it or pull on the hair a little bit. He did it to Chewbacca in Disney World. He pulled the hair right out of Chewbacca, you know? He, nothing freaks him out. Nothing scares him. I could turn every light off in the house in his room. My kid, Charlie and Brady, they like a little nightlight. I, listen, I like a nightlight too. Seth don't need no nightlight. He don't care. He doesn't need none of that. Nothing freaks him out. And it's easy often, because those are funny circumstances, but Seth could walk across the street, across a highway, and probably wouldn't really, nothing freaks him out. Nothing scares him. And his lack of fear often gives me fear. It <laughs> freaks me out. But I often think about Seth, and I try to remind myself often, and then I think about me. For whatever reason, Seth is another one, and it's a perfect picture of what I'm about to say. 
he's like walking on these wobbly rocks, bare feet, just leading the way, leading me. Carry, and I'm just kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I'm like, oh, come on, careful, buddy, careful. He don't need none of that. He doesn't care. And, and, and oftentimes, for, for whatever reason, Seth always, he's at rest in his mind in typical scary circumstances. Okay? He's at rest in his mind in typical scary circumstances. He's leading me across this rock wall. It's moving around. It's shifting under his feet. And he don't care. He's just going. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, kind of, careful, buddy. Careful, your feet. Oh. He doesn't care. And you know what? I think about my life. And I think about what if I decided in my life that I would, I would live a little bit like Seth. And, and when Christ is leading me on, on unstable ground, where things don't feel like any kind of firm foundation underneath my feet, and he's leading the way, and oftentimes I get freaked out, but he's leading the way. And if I can live with that rest in my mind in normal, scary circumstances, scriptures say in Psalm 56, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I can live a life of next level faith that yes, when the scary times of life and the stressful times of life come, which they inevitably will, I will rest in him. When maybe someone without Jesus Christ is going to stress out, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give way to stress. I'm not going to give way to fear that's going to hold me back. No, I'm going to rest in Christ. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to have that gospel courage, that confidence in him. He will lead the way. He will take care of me. There is nothing to fear because God is my father. I will never fail because God is my Father and He is taking care of me. If I can hand over my fear to Jesus Christ, He will turn it into trust. And my life and your life will shine for Him. It will be a lighthouse, a testimony. We must practice next level faith. We must practice next level faith. Because in our strength, in our talents and abilities, fear wins. Fear always wins. But in our weakness, trust in Christ and faith in Him wins. Jesus already defeated fear on the cross. He defeated the sin and shame and guilt and fear on the cross. It has no power over you. Fear has no power over you. We often think it does and we feel so crippled, but it doesn't. You have Christ. He died for you. It is only when we lay, uh, lay down uh, our, our self, when we lay down trust in Christ and pick up self-reliant confidence, that's kind of, a, I can handle this. It's when we do that, we lay down trust and we pick up self-reliant, self-reliant confidence in ourselves that says we are wiser, that we are stronger, we're more righteous than we actually are. That's when fear starts its work on us. When we say, hey, I got this, I can handle this, that's when fear starts its work on us. And the enemy has us right where he wants us. But it's the grace of Christ that gives us the power to trust. Full dependence on Jesus destroys fear. Full dependence on Jesus destroys fear. I've seen it in my own life. I've given way to fear too many times. But full dependence on him destroys it. Complete reliance on Christ will give you peace where fear used to live. Complete reliance on Christ will give you peace where fear used to live. Think of your own life this morning, church. Think of your own life. Think of, think of your fears that maybe no one knows about. We don't go around talking about it. I probably do because I always preach about it and stuff like that. But no, we don't make a habit of going around talking. But think about it in your life. What are your fears? What are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. That's not true. We all have something that keeps us up at night sometimes. It may not be 
your hot water heater like it was for me last night. But I'll tell you one thing, there was part of me that's like, man, how are we going to take care of this? How are we going to get this going? And I couldn't follow that too. I'm like, well, we got guests in town. How are we going to get through it? Hot water. What if it's this? What if it takes a few days? How am I gonna... And I start freaking about something so small in my mind, it really doesn't matter, but maybe for you it's something much, much bigger. I've said it a hundred times. Oftentimes, my fear that I, if I allow it to creep in is how, how far my son Seth is going to progress. Is he ever going to communicate? Is he ever going to this? Is he ever going to that? Is he ever... How can he ever get married? Is he going to live with us forever? And that's fine. I'm, I'm willing to do that. But these fears. And I start thinking, well, how are we going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I have to remember, God's led us the whole way up to this point as it, to begin with. It's only because of him that what God has done in Seth's life and how he's used him in our lives and all these things. What are your fears, though? What are your fears? In the Old Testament, there's a story in 2 Chronicles 32 and the king of Assyria, the enemy, is in, has encamped his armies all around God's people and around King Hezekiah, which was, you know, the people of God, their king, King Hezekiah. And it says in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 32 that the evil king, his name's Sennacherib, the evil king thought to win them for himself. That was this evil king. He said, I'm going to get these guys. God's people, I'm going to win them for myself. And Hezekiah does his thing, the scriptures say, and he prepared himself. And it says in verse 6, that he gathers all the people of Israel, all the chosen, uh, God's people, together. And it says that he spake comfortably to them. He spake comfortably to them, to the children of Israel. Kind of like very chill about it, which is, in the, the, the enemy is encamped around them. And it says he spake comfortably to them. This is what he says in verse 6. He says, and he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together in the streets of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, verse 7, this is what the king says to the people of God. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. What's he saying here? Verse 8, with him is an arm of flesh. Yeah, he's got big armies. He's got lots of weapons. It looks like they could easily take us down. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And what did the people do? They rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And church, all around you, you're faced with battles, with family, with work, with your own temptations and struggles and addictions oftentimes. And with, with all that against us, it's just an arm of flesh. Because with you, as a child of God, is the power of God. You can be courageous. You can be strong in him because he will fight your battles. He is there to help you. And listen, fear and trust don't mix. He spake, he, listen, he had nothing to worry about. He spake comfortably to them and said, listen, God's going to take care of us. And he did. And he did. Fear and trust do not mix. They cannot coexist. You cannot have fear and trust at the same time. They don't go together. We are very good at tricking ourselves. We're very good self swindlers we convince ourselves that we're not living in fear i'm not living in fear i'm just really concerned i'm just being really careful and oftentimes it's just it's just fear it's just street level fear that's all it is but there's genuine peace in christ even in the midst of utter craziness there is peace found in jesus christ that's why paul calls it in philippians the peace that passes understanding it's, it, it, it's a peace that doesn't make sense. You can live in your life with trials, with problems, with struggles, with family issues, with addiction, and, and you can have freedom in all those, not because you're so amazing and awesome, but because he is so amazing and awesome. And he gives you a peace that passes understanding. It doesn't even make sense how you can have peace in a time like that. Trusting in the gospel of Jesus Christ 
his death, his burial, his resurrection. Trusting in him, in Jesus Christ, banishes all fear. He didn't go through all that on the cross. He didn't go through all of that just so that we could go to heaven one day, which that's part of it. Thank God for a place called heaven. We can trust Christ and have a home, eternal home in heaven. But he didn't die on the cross and go through all that just so that when we die, we can go to heaven and the rest of our lives we can do whatever and hopefully make it. No, he died on the cross so that we can make it down here in the in-between. You know, every tombstone has, every gravestone has, you know, the birth year and the year that you passed away and that little dash in between, he died for that too. He died to give you grace for today, for tomorrow, for the struggles you'll, you'll face. You will face them. Some of you are facing challenges and trials and fears right now. And he died so you could make it. He died so you could get through it. He wants to change you. He wants to make you and mold you into something amazing. He did all that for you, for the in-between. Oh, my goodness, church. You know I've been very transparent with how challenging life has been the last year for our family personally with school things, with the kids, with moving, with trying to find a house, with trying to make ends meet in every step of the way God has made it. But I, I'll admit, man, fear crept in so many times. We'd have a great Sunday. We'd have an awesome Sunday. And then Monday morning, I would be down the dumps. I'd be like, is this even worth it? Like, what am I even doing here? I'm not the pastor for these people. How can I pastor these people? I'm, look at me. I'm a mess right now. How can I be a pastor? How am I going to make it? I mean, are we even going to be here next year? What if everybody leaves? <laughs> All these crazy, stupid thoughts that the enemy throws our way. And fear creeps in. But you know what the scriptures say, and that the Lord reminds me of every time I start, I start to kind of dip my toe in that pool of fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. I looked for him. I called out to him. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And when you decide, church, and maybe some of you today need to do that when we get ready to have an invitation in, in just a moment. Today, maybe you need to, to practice that and to reach out to him and to call out to him and say, hey, I am pretty freaked out right now with life. I don't know what the future holds for my child, with my job, in my marriage, with my job, with my future. I, I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels right now, Pastor. I, I feel like I feel like I just I'm not really accomplishing anything. I, I, what do I have to offer anybody? And you, you start. Some of you are feeling that way. And David said, I, "I sought the Lord, and He heard me." And when you make the choice, Church, the brave choice to say, "You know, I I give up," in in a good way. I give up trying to do this on my own. I'm done with that. I'm done with all that. I'm seeking you first, Lord. I'm calling on you. I'm resting in you. It's a really unique situation. I, I, I think I told you a few months ago before we found a house, I had tried so hard to figure it out. I had made phone calls. I had called people. I had researched. I had prayed, yes. And I finally remember sitting over on Barry Ave, kind of in that little um, you know, inlet there. And I sat on a bench on this little tiny beach. And I looked out at the water. And I said, Lord, I got nothing else, man. I got, and I was, man, I was beat up. I was tired. I said, man, I got like a month left. I'm tired of this. I remember I was sitting on a bench, and it was a foggy day out. And I couldn't, I had seen, it, it's, it's not the, the wide open ocean. It's like, you know, one of the inlets. So 
on a normal sunny clear day you could see the other side it's not that far across the uh you know the little inlet there and and i i remember that day it was foggy and i actually couldn't see the other side the the land on the other side there but i knew it was there because i'd seen it many times before but that day it was really really thick fog and i could barely see 20 feet out into the water and in that day god said hey donald I know you can't see the other side right now. You don't know what's coming. You don't, you don't see the answer yet. It looks really foggy. <laughs> it looks really foggy. But you've seen the other side before. And you've seen me work in your life before. And you've seen the miracles before, Donald. I, I haven't changed. Amen. Listen, there, there is something on the other side of this. Amen. Woo! There's something on the other side of this. So hold on, because that fog will lift. The sun will shine again. Hallelujah. And you're going to see the other side. And God did answer our prayers. And God did answer our prayers. And God has answered your prayers for a family. And God is answering our prayers. And God has done things for you and for you, giving you people that love you, giving you a church. Oh, listen, it may be foggy for you in your life today, but there, oh man, just wait. And I remember I got that called up that, house out in Brewster, and I drove down to that same bench, and I sat down on that sunny day, and I stared out and said, there it is. I can see it now. There's the land. I knew it was there. That day was foggy, but today, hallelujah, I can see it. And that day, again, I saw the grace of God. Again, I saw the miracles of God. Again, his love poured out over me. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. Oh, but he's there. He's there. He's in control. I sought him. He heard me. And what did he do? He delivered me from all my fears. Does that mean fear is never going to come again? No, I wish. But that day, he delivered me. Again, he'll do it for you. He's in control. He is worthy to be trusted. So don't deny your fear. Don't ignore it. Admit it. Confess it. Trust him. Trust him. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.